When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. We got a ton to talk about today. Making a statement, we got Mookie Bets against Ronald Acuna Jr. for the NL MVP award, and they're facing off starting tonight, Thursday night. We got a four-game series between the Braves and the Dodgers. What a series there. But we're going to discuss the NL MVP. Also, Michael Brantley is back for the Houston Astros. Does that make them AL West favorites? Pete Alonso, a lot of rumors there. Is called toxic. There are trade rumors. We're going to talk all about those trade rumors and if or if not, the Mets should trade Pete Alonzo, as well as what the Angels just did, acquiring a bunch of players at the trade deadline and then putting them all on waivers about 30 days later. And we're going to finish up with an honesty hour and fan questions. Ronald Acuna Jr. and the outfield at Coors Field had quite the situation going on there. We got a lot to talk about. This episode is going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to it. Five ball onto the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field and gone. A game, what a moment. What is up, my friends? I am joined as always by Alex Curry. And Alex, it's uh we got a fun weekend ahead. I know it's only Thursday, but uh a lot happening in the baseball world, a lot going to happen this weekend, and uh yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Can you believe it's the last month? or the last day of August and starting tomorrow, it's like the fight for the playoffs. I, it's the final month. This is like what you live for in baseball. It's do or die yep. right now. And we're getting some, some pretty cool moments. Definitely. I, I can't, I, I can't. It feels like just yesterday we were yeah. at the all-star game and then it feels like a month ago, the season the started. WBC? World like, we were, World. Yeah, like we were in Miami. It's like, wait, where are we now? It's like, it's just starting. There's so much time now. It's like, oh no, like this is it. You've canceled 13 teams. Yeah. 13. 13. I nine. can't tell if the world baseball classic feels like it was yesterday or feels like three years ago. I'm somewhere. It could be both. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the day. Yeah. But so much has happened. And, uh, First of all, I, I cannot believe this was Jose Altuve's first career cycle that right? we just saw. I was surprised about that as well. The guy's got over 2,000 hits. Yeah. He's seemingly done everything. We obviously know the power. There's speed enough to hit triples. I was actually surprised as well. But congrats to Jose Altuve on his first career cycle. You know what did happen, though? This was earlier and uh, he has never hit for the cycle. But there was a game before where he had everything but the triple and had the triple, had an easy triple 
and he tripped and fell over second base and had to crawl back to second base so he didn't get the cycle. But yes, it like was his first career down. cycle. And uh, coming right after Jeremy Pena had his first career five-hit game, of which Jose has never had one. And apparently there was a lot of talk back and I forth. So like the next day Motivating or two days later, Jose hit for the cycle and was like, well. This also know. came like a week after you did a full honesty hour that... Jose Altuve deserves more respect. Yeah. And here he is showing up to support your argument. That man. is exactly why he yeah. hit for that cycle. I know, just for you. He's your <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah, He's your guy. So there were some great moments. And then I don't know if you would call this a disappointing moment because it was still an incredible start and in outing. But Alex Cobb loses his no hitter. <laughs> With a two-out double in the ninth it's inning, it's always disappointing. It was demoralizing. De ah, it's it, yeah, you, and you know, one out away. One, yes. Yeah, shout out to to Alex Cobb. Two outs in the ninth inning, and it what uh, the first off. If you're gonna give up a no hitter with two outs in the ninth, make it a well hit ball. Yeah, that ball was well hit. Obviously, goes for a double there. But it was so like it was the right fielder did it. It's not on the right fielder at all. But no. it, like he got into a place where it was like almost it catchable. It would have been like the catch of the yeah, month yeah. if the outfielder were to have caught that ball. Yeah. Like so, it was hit perfectly. You know, Alex Cobb since the beginning of of July has just not been very good. And then to come out and dominate like that was really cool. Obviously, an older pitcher, a veteran. And, and I really like this. And credit where credit is due, in my opinion, to Gabe Kapler, who when Alex Cobb gave up the no-hitter, he was sitting at right about 120-some pitches. And you look into the bullpen, and there was nobody warming up. <laughs> until he gave up the hit. And after he gave up the hit, people are like, well, now bring in somebody. Where? Why Why didn't you have anybody loose? I loved it. Mm -hmm. The guy was dominating. Yep. Gabe Kapler decided to finally get somebody loose once he gave up the no-hitter, but still gave him the ability to finish off and get the complete game. And he did. He yeah. ended up with 131 pitches, got the complete game. Uh, but I love that he let him, though he was at 120-some pitches, Give your guy the chance to close yeah. out the game. And and he did that. And I guarantee you, if he happened to look at back at the bullpen with 120 pitches and a no-hitter and saw nobody getting loose, that's like, yeah, dang, that's cool. You believe in me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a confidence booster. So that's yeah. why I said it. it's like it was still a complete game, a great outing. Yeah. Just one out away. It's so demoralizing. From history, yeah. which is just so tough. Yeah. But we did see more history. Now back on the offensive side of the ball, Bryce Harper, who is just cementing himself as a Philly legend. I think <laughs> every month he continues to wear that Philly's uniform and he did it again, hitting his 300th career home run. Bryce Harper is just an absolute treat to watch on yeah. the baseball field. And I, I don't know like how or where this started but I feel like Bryce Harper is like like this polarizing baseball player, not in terms of like, is he good or is he bad? But just like people either really like him or like don't like Bryce Harper. And I don't know what he's done in his career to to do that. He comes up he as was like really flashy because remember it was like him and Trout coming up at the same time. Well, yeah, they're complete opposite yeah, style like of polar opposites. But flashy's cool. It is cool. I love it, but a lot of the, you know, the old school baseball people aren't into well, it. 
screw those well, old that's not school our, that's people. That's not our that. style. That's not our jam. <laughs> yeah. That's like, we want that. We encourage that. Yeah, like, this is please, more bats, of that. Not flipping you off for flipping a bat, you know? <laughs> what? We, no, I think stretch as a stretch. No. <laughs> <laughs> keep it going. Keep it Cameraman going. John's laughing. He I liked know, it. I know. You got one. You got one. Ha laugh. <laughs> no, I just think Bryce came up with all of the hype in the the world. He was on. He was on the Sports Illustrated cover at like 16 years old, and I just think he dealt with. If you look at the career he's had with the hype he had, like he lived up to all of the hype. He's an MVP. He's a World Series champion. He's hitting massive clutch homers. Uh, last year, we remember the Joe Davis call, the mm-hmm. swing of his life. Like, yeah. the, I mean, and now he's at 300 home runs. Great career. Great career. I wonder at what point we start having the conversation of Bryce Harper, Hall of Famer as a national or a, or a Philly. MVP, World Series champion with the Nats. But he's going to be this, his career with the Phillies is just starting. So it's not, we would not have that conversation yet. But at a certain point, you have that conversation. When did he become a Philly? Uh, two, two years ago, two, three years ago. So then he wasn't on the Nationals. Well, he wasn't on the Nationals when they won. Oh, he was was not on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure like it was the year after he left. So he doesn't have. A World Series not. with just Nationals. The, just the MVP. Yeah, but he got Phillies to a World Series and had the, like, as you mentioned, the most iconic. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I find those conversations interesting, and we are not going to have this conversation, right. but Justin, oh, Tigers Astros is like the ultimate, like. I mean, he's all the those- World Series. Shoot, that's tough. Like, can't you just do both? You do, like, dual. Like one side, one side logo. You can't. People. I know. You can. You can. You can. Yeah. People okay. have got. People go in with no hat. Okay. You can like. You can choose to not. You know, not pick a team. <sighs> but a lot of people want to. That's have. tough. Yeah. That's so, tough. So, uh, yeah, Alex. Yep. We. I mentioned it briefly off the top, but Braves, Dodgers, yeah. NLCS preview. Yep. Maybe. Yep. Yep. This weekend, and it starts tonight, Thursday. It's a four-game series that is going to be Alex and I's tale of the tape on tomorrow's Tomorrow. episode because, of course, of course it is. This the is, two best teams This series in the is National incredible. Um, so, yeah, that gets underway tonight. I believe, uh, I think it's Spencer Strider against Lance Lynn is yep. tonight. So, yeah, I'm pumped for that it's matchup. It's going to be great. Now, this actually leads us into our first statement. So, let's get started with making a statement. I'm going to give some bold takes and uh, Ben's going to agree with them or not. So let's get started. First one is Mookie Betts will win the NL MVP. God. Yeah. I, I still say that Ronald Acuna Jr. wins the MVP award, but Mookie has closed the gap. Oh yeah. So much because of the month of August that he just had. I think right now it's about as neck and neck as you can get. So, you know, I won't sit here and say like season ends right now. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to win, but I I really do think, and the odds say the odds were Ronald was running away with it for a little while for majority of the and then, and then you had Freddie come back into play. And then with the greatest month that I think Mookie's ever had, he comes back into play and we had this tweet last week. Ronald Acuna was minus 500. Mookie was plus 1100. Then yesterday, as in a couple days ago, Ronald went to plus 125 and Mookie went to minus 
145. And now, as of today, when we're recording, Ronald is back to the favorite here. But as you can see, it, it is to the point where what an O for four with from one guy with a three yeah. for four from another is going to switch. Like who oh, is the like, current favorite? Like daily, but it's crazy. I mean, you mentioned he had the best month in baseball. Mookie was first in batting average, runs, on base percentage, and slugging percentage this month. And when you look at their season numbers together, they're like they're pretty close there with like someone's leading in the other. So you have Acuna has a 334 batting average, Mookie 316. So Acuna has it there. Um, Mookie has a 1021 OPS while Acuna is 983. Then slugging Mookie higher, 611 slugging percentage to 576 for Acuna. Mookie 36 home runs to Acuna's 29 home runs. Mookie 94 RBI to Acuna's 79 RBI. Yeah. And then of course, like Acuna's running away with stolen bases. He's got 61 and Mookie's got 10, but you can really go either way based on their stats for the season. Look, what I am not going to do is argue against what Mookie Betts is doing for the, for my point that I believe Ronald Acuna is and should be the MVP because what Mookie's doing is incredible. And it's so good for the game of baseball, what Ronald and Mookie are doing right now. and going to duke it out for the last month of the season to see who wins the MVP award. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, this is why Mookie shouldn't be it. And I'm going to say, this is why Ronald should be it for me, Alex. It's the consistency all year long from day one of the season. Ronald has been hitting over 300. He's been leading off for the Atlanta Braves and he's been that staple of consistency for the Braves. He is the ultimate spark plug for the best team in baseball. And he's been doing it all year long. So for me, what Ronald has been doing night in and night out every single game from the first game of the year until right now, makes him the MVP, the runaway and and stolen bases. Sure. I do think that's cool. I I, I do think there's a factor here. And I say this, I've said it multiple times when there's an award that I think is neck and neck doing something that has never been done before, I think leaves a lasting image in the minds of the voters. Ronald Acuna Jr. is having a season and will ultimately finish having a season that has never been done before. 30-60, that's certainly going to happen. 40-70, that could happen if he gets hot. 30-70 is probably going to happen, as in home runs and stolen bases. That's never in history been done before, and you have to acknowledge that. Uh, I just think, for me, ultimately, it's about what he's done since game one of the year that makes him the most valuable player. I think it's going to come down to this last month. And if Mookie continues to have, like he just had in August, the best month in baseball. Yeah, I mean, if he has another month. If he does that again, it has to be Mookie if he continues that on. Because it is just, I mean, it is out of control how great and locked in he's been. And the Dodgers have been one of the best teams in baseball in August. And if they continue that into September, I think Mookie's going to run away with with the MVP towards the end. I mean, yeah, if Mookie has, again, the yeah. best month he's ever had, he will be yeah. MVP, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I the the month that he just had is what allowed him to get back in this race and to make it a race. It wasn't what Ronald Acuna did as a in a slump. It was that Mookie just went above and beyond and had one of the best months we've ever seen offensively. It was wild. So uh, for me, as of right now, uh, I would go Ronald because of the consistency all year long. All right. And I'm going to go Mookie. You? (laughs) What? You're welcome. He's been my player of the week the last two weeks. Yeah.
Go Mook. Okay, let's move on to our next statement. Michael Brantley will power the Astros to the AL West title. (laughs) Alex. He's back. Anyone that looks at the American League right now. So fun. And thinks that the Houston Astros aren't the team to beat is in denial. For the last seven years, Alex, the American League has run through Houston. Why is that any different right now? What what has happened? Yes, the, I was, the yes, the gap has narrowed, and I'm a big, big fan of what is going on up there in Seattle. But until someone takes down the Astros, it will always be the Astros. Now, what do you know? We're here. The the calendar's about to turn to September. They get Michael Brantley back, which I think was kind of a wild card in many's eyes because he hasn't played in, in a long time. And he comes back and is tearing the absolute cover off of the baseball. And it's exactly what this Houston Astros lineup needed because he's that staple of, of consistency. And when the Astros lineup struggles It feels like they struggle together and they all do it in the same way where the strikeout total goes up a little bit. And Michael Brantley is just a completely different hitter than everybody in that lineup. I guess his approach most closely mimics like Jordan's approach at the plate. But Michael Brantley doesn't strike out a lot. He has a great two strike approach. He puts the ball in play. He hits for a high average. Now he adds depth to that Astros lineup that was already playing their best baseball of the year right now. They just absolutely dismantled the Boston Red Sox in Boston. And now during that series, they're getting back. They're getting back Michael Brantley. I I just think the AL West is awesome this year. And for the first time in a long time, that gap has really narrowed. But that gap hasn't narrowed because the Houston Astros have taken a step back. That gap has narrowed because of what the Mariners and the Rangers are doing in that division. And it makes for a really exciting September that we're about to get. But until it's proven, the AL West is the Astros to lose. And Michael Brantley being back certainly absolutely helps that. But the Astros are going to be where they've been for the majority of this decade, Alex, and that's AOS champions. I think this is going to come down, like we've talked about, to those last three series because Seattle has Texas, Houston, Texas. I think it is. He, like they play three series back-to-back within the AOS. West. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of, of if course. they can keep it up, though, because, again, they also had like they're having like one of the greatest runs since the trade deadline, since the all star break. Like Julio has just been out of control. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, by the way, the last three series of the year, that's just a couple weeks away. So yeah. the division is tied. Everybody's right. Every, yeah, they're neck so and neck. There's no it is going to come down to it those is. last three series of the year. There's there's no way around that. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think they win the division. I am more confident about their ability to to be to to win in the playoffs. The division, well, because they have the experience. Yeah, the and division experience matters. In I'm the playoffs. telling you, I, I I said what the Mariners are doing this year. I am I am very excited and impressed of what they're doing up there. And uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could tell me that. Fast forward to October 1st and the Mariners win the division and I'm not going to be shocked. No. Uh, but I, yeah. But then the Astros would be a top wild card. So they're, they're both, I, th- I think they're both, they're both going to get into the, 
the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move to the NL East. We got some more drama in New York. The Mets should trade Pete Alonso. No, the Mets shouldn't trade Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso just feels like he is the New York Mets. You know, like the Mets have that thing, LGM, let's go Mets. Pete Alonso comes along and just makes it LFGM. And that's like, we all know what that means. Go ahead. You got permission from your mom. I did have permission from my mom, but she said use it sparingly. Okay. So not today. All right. That's fair. LFGM. We all know what it means. Pete came along, made it a thing. and, And now- I just like he embodies what I, I just feel like Pete Alonso is going to be one of those guys that you look up in in a few years or at the end of his career. And he's a guy that stuck it out with the Mets through hard times. And there were the, and then made it through with the good times. And I, I believe the Mets in a few years are going to be good because of the decision that they were able to make at the trade deadline. And I just think we're going to look up and Pete Alonso is going to be there. I, I think it, I think it would be a big mistake to trade Pete Alonso, the energy he brings, the passion he brings. Uh, I know there was some drama that came out recently about Pete and it just feels like people are searching for drama with the New York Mets sometimes. You know what? Sometimes a team just stinks and you don't have to search for drama to make an excuse of what's going wrong and who's to blame and why is this happening? Why is this happening? The team underperformed and that's okay because it happens, but we don't need to point fingers. We point fingers at Max Scherzer as he walks out the door. Then people were trying to point fingers at Justin and then people are pointing fingers at, at Pete Alonzo. You know what? It just didn't work. And the season was a failure. And sometimes that happens in sports, right? You look in the mirror, you tear it all up, you, you try and build for the future, and you, you start all over. But you don't start all over w- without a guy like Pete Alonso. I believe he's going to be the first baseman there for a long, long time. I think they're going to sign him long term. Steve Cohen has said as much. And in case you haven't heard, Steve Cohen is the one that opens up the pocketbooks and says that he wants to get a deal done with Pete. I think the city loves Pete. I think Pete loves playing for the Mets. And I absolutely do not think that the Mets should trade Pete Alonso. I think there needs to be a conversation with Pete Alonso and Steve Cohen because he becomes a free agent after the 2024 season. And as we've heard both Max Scherzer and your brother talk about in their discussions with the Mets as to why they were leaving is they're looking to have a semi soft reset next season, maybe two seasons. And is that something that Pete wants to be a part of and to grow and build? And if he does, that's great. Then he's here to, to, as you said, he is like, he is the Mets. He is the face of the Mets. Yeah. But I do, I do believe it should be an open conversation. Kind of like Steve had with, Scherzer and your brother. Yeah. yeah. See how he feels about it. I agree with that. All right. We're moving on to another. What just happened to their season? Making a statement. <clears throat> the Angels wave the white flag for the 2023 season. <sighs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The Angels officially placed all but one of their trade pieces on waivers, thus conceding the rest of the 2023 season. I've never seen anything like this ever. This move wouldn't even be allowed in fantasy. You would be booted out of a league forever. If you just realize, okay, we're out of it. I'm going to, I'm going to put all of my players that I just acquired on waivers. You're all put on waivers and now they're all getting picked up on waivers. 
We've seen Giolito, Moore, Lopez, Renfro, and Grichuk on placed on waivers, who are all pieces that they just acquired at the deadline. But now, as we speak, as we record uh, at 10.30 a.m. on the West Coast on Thursday, live, these players are starting to get picked up by by other teams. And I think we just put up a, a tweet of where some of them are going. If we can put that back up, that would be fantastic. But, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't understand this move. I, I don't look. Here's what I here's what I will say. Actually, at first, I had no words for this move that they pulled. But now I have plenty of words. Look, let's call this what it is, right? This is a salary dump. That's what this move specifically is. And I, and I, I, I get it. The, the season was over, dumped the salary. These guys weren't returning. I, I, I get this move specifically, but what's, let's really call this entire organization what it is. It's a fiasco. The entire organization is a fiasco. This move specifically, I get it. Again, salary dump. I, but Alex, I'm mad. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even an Angels fan. And I'm not mad at this move because they had no choice. I'm mad that they are so bad that they had no choice but to make this move. It's so annoying. God. And and then, so here's, the Guardians have claimed Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez off of waivers. So those two are again moving together to the Guardians. And the Guardians also claimed Matt Moore. So, I guess the Guardians are going for it. That's kind of surprising in itself. But look, here's, again, some of the reasonings and Hunter Renfro to the Reds. I like that. So here's the the deal. If you're over the threshold, right, this is a salary dump, as I said, and the the Angels were over over the threshold, over the the luxury tax. So if you can get under that, which they did, and you do lose Shohei Otani, which I think the majority of people are expecting. Oh, yeah. You basically get a second round pick as opposed to a fourth round pick, right? As compensation for losing that top tier free agent. So that's why you do it. I understand this move. And I'm not going to argue specifically this move. Why would they waive them all? But the fact that we are here is embarrassing. Alex, the Angels traded their top two prospects away to acquire these players just 30 days ago. Now they're putting those pieces that they acquired and depleted their farm system for on waivers, just letting them go away for absolutely nothing because of the mishandling of this season, because of the angels mishandling of the 2023 season, the angels are going to be bad for a long, long time. Time. Trout and Otani deserve so much better. Sell the team, Artie. Sell the team. He was about to. And then called it back at the very last minute, just before the start of the season. It's a game to him. It's a game. I mean, they're, they're billionaires. I'm going to sell the team. It's no, a, I'm not. Look it's what a bil- they're billionaires. It is. It is a game. It is a game. And it's the fun part of being a billionaire is to own a professional sports team. But this is just... I. <laughs> This is why they don't have a farm system. This is why they haven't been to a playoff game since 2014. This is why they haven't even gotten close to winning in another World Series since 2002. It's just, they're making the same mistakes over and over again. And after a decade plus, you got to look in the mirror and something needs to change, whether it's personnel, whether it's selling the team. I, 
something needs to change. The fans deserve better. I just, my heart hurts for Angels fans. Yeah, yeah, Me too. It's brutal. I'm, I really am mad. I want, I, I want the Angels to win. I, I want to watch the Angels win. I just, I do. So to watch the way this is happening, I, I just think the entire organization from Artie down, like the, the the front office of the organization, I think it's just been so poorly managed for years now that we're looking at, like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, no. that it got, you got deeper and darker into that tunnel. You know, I, I just think there needs to be a, a full entire cleaning house, the evaluation process for this organization. Like who's, who's making, who's making these decisions, right? Like you, you didn't trade Shohei. You didn't trade him last year when you could have gotten an entire farm system for him. And plus big leaguers, you could have gotten anything you wanted last year for Shohei Otani. You didn't do that. You waited too long. Then you got forced into a pickle this year where it was well, are you going to trade them now or are you going to make a last ditch effort and completely deplete the farm system to go and and be aggressive and build around Shohei for a couple months of the year? Well, guess what? It wasn't even a couple months because it all blew up in their face immediately. Like who's making these evaluations? And it's not just this year. It's 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 everything. It's the people that I, it's I go, been a decade. Last year, with the trading away of of Rysel Iglesias for nothing. Look how good Rysel Iglesias has been for the Braves, and you didn't get much in return there. I did like the Logan Ohapi trade, but other than that, it's just who's the analytics department? Who's making the decisions there analytically? Who's pulling the strings? Because it, there needs to be a massive cleaning house because this organization, unfortunately, is just going further and further away from being any good. And it makes me want to have the conversation. And I know, I know Mike Trout is loyal and I know he wanted to resign there and he made the decision to resign there, but he did not make the decision to resign there with the understanding that this is where the organization was going to be at the end of 2023. And I think it would be a, a service to the entire baseball world. If the Angels said, Hey, would you want to pursue a trade? And then you could rebuild your farm system. Right. Get some pieces for Mike Trout. He deserves to be playing in the postseason. As you said, the baseball world deserves to see him play in the postseason, both him and Shohei Otani. It's just, ah, it couldn't have gone worse, actually, in it, the last two months. It, it literally it, could, it could not, not have, have gone. gone worse. And then on top of it, Shohei Otani tears his UCL. So it's just, I I don't know. I, I like, are they cursed? I've, I've had a lot of fans tweeting at me asking that it's just there needs to be a big change within this angels organization to turn things around if they want to turn things around yeah, i i feel like the the i feel like it goes a lot to are the angels cursed but the majority of people alex could have looked in the mirror and said whether you want to talk last year's trade deadline or this one we have to trade show yes do we want to no no but we have to do we it. We said it's bad business if you don't. So is it so is it a cursed organization or is it an organization that's just not making the right calls and right moves at the right time? I think I'd say the latter. Yeah. Ugh, frustrating. It's crazy. Yeah. And now if he sells the team, you got to imagine now without Shohei Otani and the record that they have, value goes down. Yeah, not from when he bought it. The value is, I mean, for what he was going to get when he was going to sell. Yeah. Last year. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. If 
if Otani is, this is not the year for Uh Artie to sell because we're going to know about Shohei probably before he would sell the team and the value of that organization without Shohei Otani is uh, not great. I mean, I don't want to say not great. It's a multi-billion. Look, we're talking about billions with a B here. Yeah. Anytime an owner starts crying about bill. the checkbook, yeah. let's let's put them in check a little. Let's put them in place a little bit. You're a billionaire with a B. Yeah, for Ben, billions, Ben. No, get it? No, uh, uh-uh. no. We're moving on. That okay. was bad. Okay, bad it, with a bad. B. Oh my God! Stop, <laughs> stop. I'm being honest good. with you You're right now. This is bad. Really, really bad. Stop it. It's time for honesty hour. We saw some crazy stuff go down this week, but yep. this one with Ronald Acuna Jr. might be the craziest thing that we saw. Yep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Honesty hour, everyone. Gather around. Listen close. What happened to Ronald Acuna Jr. in the outfield at Coors Field this past week is unacceptable. And, and we all know that that's not like a surprise to hear yeah. unless you don't know what I'm referring to, which is when Ronald Acuna was standing in right field and a fan came out onto the field, approached him and just wrapped his arms around Ronald Acuna Jr. Without any security being around to stop him. Security comes running out. I don't really know what they did. One guy like started laying on the ground and going at his knees and the other like bear hugged the guy hugging Ronald. And then while this is all happening, another fan patron, I don't even want to use the word fan, approaches Ronald in a much less, it was not to hug Ronald and get shoved to the ground and shoves Ronald to the ground. And it's just mass chaos of Ronald Acuna Jr., the MVP front runner, being bear hugged by a fan and then pushed over onto the security and the fan by another fan. And it was just an absolute mess. And it left, left me scratching my head of how is this possible? Okay. I, I understand to a degree the first one. Okay. I I don't, it's unacceptable. And the first one should make you look in the mirror and say, okay, we got to, we got to have a full discussion of how we're working with our security and why they weren't able to see this and get out there in time. But look, the nature of it is this fan jumped over the fence. A security guard obviously isn't standing on the field next to Ronald Acuna for them to be out there at the same time and stop something from happening is a long shot. The second one is unacceptable. You allowed another fan to, to get out there, mm-hmm. to, to get out to Ronald Acuna and to, to shove him over. And I just don't think there is a world in which the security should be able to allow that to happen. The the one guy's on the ground looking at the other guy. You need to have some awareness of a situation, Alex. 
And I just do not feel like they did. The security situation there in Coors Field needs to really, not just Coors Field, in all of Major League Baseball. This is a wake-up call. God forbid that guy had snuck a small knife into the stadium, goes up and approaches Ronald Acuna, and something terrible happens. Imagine. God forbid. So those two guys got arrested, that should be the bare minimum. They should have a massive fine and they should be banned for life from any and all Major League Baseball games. For life. You have to set a precedent. This cannot be allowed. Ban them for life. Arrest them. Massive fine. This is this is this should never, ever be allowed in, in the history of sports. This should be a wake-up call for all security in sports. You just let two fans tackle the MVP front runner and thankfully we avoided any and all injuries but this was a nightmare of a situation Alex this is the scary side of being an athlete or a public figure because there's only a handful of you and then tens of thousands of fans in the stands watching you and when alcohol is involved and social media you feel like you know the person a lot of fans feel like they're entitled as you saw here to a hug to come see him we are so lucky that Ronald Acuña Jr was okay yeah. after this because it could have gone extremely bad but I used to have nightmares about this and like think about this as I'm like standing doing a hit looking at a camera with tens of thousands of people just right there I'm like what if someone just like jumps and like tackles you I always think of worst case scenarios. So I like plan in my head how to escape the situation. But I used to have, like, it's it's terrifying because when you have security at these games and these events, it's hired security. It's not like they're necessarily like trained in this and police officers and things like that. But this. You are you are trained, however, to deal with a situation like that. You are. Even there, a lot of them are are hired like security yeah. staff. They are not police I've officers. Seen, I've they spent don't... a lot of time at stadiums, and I've seen a lot of the security. It's not like I've oh, seen fans outrun them. I, no, it's you're not, right. It's but not. They, they are it's trained. Not like a fit. You're right. They yeah. are, but they are trained on what to yes, do. Yes, but different than like a protecting a professional athlete. Yes. Yeah. Correct. But the, and I, the training either needs to. We we either need to figure out the training yeah, and to do a better job or figure out the, the, the staff Access. that is there walls, like the, like, see, but then that like, think of other sports, like, yeah, this could happen in basketball easily. Oh, a yeah, fan just on, sprint out. You're right next to the court. Yep. Somebody could run up to, to anybody could run up to LeBron James and hug him or much worse. I, I, I thankfully this was a hug. Yeah. The second fan was a little more aggressive. And when he was getting carried off was like trying to be very aggressive. Yeah. Thankfully this was a hug, but it so easily could have been. Oh, easy. We've seen it recently with musicians getting stuff thrown at them on stage has been yeah. like a thing that's been trending. So I, I don't know what's going on, but if you enjoy this entertainment of sports and music and anything else where someone is outnumbered by tens of thousands, like keep it together. I'll, like I'll, don't go. Don't go if you're crazy. I'll tell please. you what's going on. It is 
it's the age of social media where everyone um, thinks like they want to do something viral. that goes viral and they want to be seen and they don't really care if they get arrested for a night or thrown in a jail for a night That's because crazy. they're known forever as the guy that threw something at Drake on stage or the guy that ran on the field. That's why you, you really got to lay the hammer down, Alex. Yeah. Banned for life. And the question becomes, well, how can you do that? Okay, I feel like everybody that goes to a baseball game. Now you got to have like a ticket on your phone, like yeah. make it. So your, your ballpark app can never accept tickets again. You're, you're, you are denied access to any tickets and maybe change the way, you know, currently if you and I go to a game and I could have two tickets on my phone and get us both in, yeah. change that, make us both have the ticket in our app. And if you're banned for life because yeah. of how awful you are. Alex Curry is not what? allowed in this stadium. Stop. She is banned and you have no Stop. access Don't on your phone. Don't put that out there. You're saying it like that. Don't use. Okay, fine. We, I, I think the listeners okay. know that this is a facetious a anal, okay. a, a, analogy. Okay. And that you Alex could have is used actually, bad Ben. Well, no, I don't want to put that out there about myself. <laughs> yeah. Bad Ben banned uh, for life. And like, can and, you imagine though, if he got hurt, I feel like it probably like they would have been taking more action if something happened and Ronald Acuna Jr. got hurt, but thankfully he didn't. He stayed in the game and ended up having an incredible game going four for five with five RBI and two stolen yeah. bases. Well, that's the, the sad <laughs> thing is the, the sports landscape would change forever yeah. if Ronald had gotten hurt. Yes. And unfortunately this isn't just a sports thing. This is also like a national security thing. Like entertainment they, thing. Unfortunately it takes something Jurassic. awful yeah. and catastrophic happening uh, I don't even want for to think about changes that. to actually be made. Yeah. And because he went out there and got a hug, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's fine. But it could have easily been something much, much worse. And then we're having a much different conversation right now. Mitt, lay the law down hard now. Come yeah. out publicly. I think Commissioner Manfred could come out and say, hey, we this is never allowed. If you are seen on a baseball field approaching a player like these two were, yeah. you will be banned for life from Major League Baseball. We're fining you $20,000 and you'll never be allowed back. I yeah. mean, Great. Yeah. yeah. I won't do that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That was a good honesty hour. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap things up with some fan questions. Okay. Ended on a high note here. Our first one comes from Savannah. If you can start a franchise based upon ballpark food, what are you drafting first? Ooh, let's have a, let's have a, let's have a ballpark food draft where okay. each of us get two picks. Okay. Okay. I get the first pick. No, rock, paper, scissors. Go. Yeah. What? I, One, rock, paper, go. No, you it's do. rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And I even won that. And I'm arguing right, we'll against it, it. Ready? Okay. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Got it. Okay. okay. Two okay. out of three, obviously. <laughs> Everyone does two because out of three. Because you just do lost. Do it again. Because you Run just it back. lost. All right. Alex Ready? went paper. I went rock. Okay. okay. Give Ready? me a second. Let me think about this. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, here we go. Okay. Ready? I won. Rock to scissors. All right. It's one to one. Last okay. one here gets the first pick of the ballpark food draft. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rock, paper, scissors. Yes. Fine. Okay. Here's why you. Here's how you win. You just get in their head. No. I was so in her head. No, you weren't. And now I, I get the first overall pick of the ballpark food draft, and Ben Verlander is taking the hot dog.
I will take the hot dog with my first overall pick. A classic, a staple. It's also a good argument piece. Do you put ketchup? Do you put mustard? What do you put on your hot dog? But it's a great ballpark food. It is a classic. And when you're sitting there having a hot dog, she said food, so we can't count drink, but a hot dog and a beer at a baseball game. Come on. Great pick, Ben. Thanks, guys. All right. Um, I'm going to go with French fries because I love French, French fries, fries in the helmet. Reach. No, it's not. Reach. I'm the fry monster. It's my favorite. I'm getting a hot dog and French fries. Okay. Your turn. Uh, I'm going to go with peanuts as my Okay, that's a cop out. Choice. A cop out? It's easy, right? You got mad at me. What are you? I, okay. get mad at you for, I got mad at you for picking French fries yeah. at a baseball game. French fries comes French on fries? the side of your chicken tenders, which would be a great draft pick. No. All right. I'm going to wrap it up with tacos. Because Puesto Tacos was the best ballpark food that I've had at a ballpark at, in San Diego. I feel like Alex just drafted like a kicker in her defense with her first two pick of this draft. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to win because I win. Well, you're not a rock, paper, scissors. All right. Great first question. All right. Let's move on to our next fan question. This one comes from Seth Green. Do you think we'll see another postseason upset this year? Example, the Padres beating the Dodgers and the Phillies beating the Braves. Yeah, oh, I think absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think I think we typically get like one a year. Like last whoever's year, coming in hot. Last year, whoever's we got like a couple. in like right at the end and they kind of have that last momentum. Yeah, I think, I, look, I'll say this again, and I know I, I talked a lot about it at the beginning. I think the Astros are the team to beat in the American League. But if you were to if you were to tell me that this is the year that the Mariners, if you were to tell me right now that the Mariners end up in the World Series, I would not be shocked. I, I really do. I believe in that team. I think their offense is going to be a, a, their offense lives and dies by Julio, but they're, they're built for October with their, their pitching. And let's look back to last year. Yes. You look up at the end of the, at the end of the year and look at the schedule and say, well, the Mariners got swept by the Astros, but that doesn't really tell the story of that series. No. Every single game of that series could have lived or died and gone one way or another on one swing of the bat, and it did. The Mariners are legit. I think we could see them upset some people in the playoffs. Again, with the Phillies, though, in, the Phillies, aren't they... They're just in second place in the division because the Braves are as good as they are. But I think the I think the Phillies could beat either the Braves or the Dodgers in the playoffs. We're talking that, about the fightings. We're talking about the fightings, <laughs> and that could be that could be uh, uh, who's another wild card team that I think could do some damage. Let's see. So right now, wild cards: Cubs. Mm. Yeah, Phillies, Cubs, Giants are right now in the NL wild card, and you have. Rays, Rays, Astros, and Rangers. Astros, Rangers. I'll say the Mariners or, or Phillies, I think, could could yeah. upset some people in the eyes of what I think the public What the think. upset would be. Yeah, of what the actual upset would be. Yeah. That was good. That was great. That is good. Happy uh, Thursday. That does it for our Thursday episode. Uh, maybe Alex and I should play rock, paper, scissors on every episode. So I can beat you? Maybe try yeah. one day. You I never will. know. I will. All right. That it's does coming. it for this Thursday episode. We will be back 
tomorrow, my friends. As we mentioned, the tail of the tape is going to be Braves versus Dodgers, which that series starts tonight. Make sure you watch because it is going to be an awesome, awesome series between the two best teams in the National League for sure. But that does it for this Thursday episode. Thank you all for watching or listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're also on all social media, including YouTube, where you can watch every single episode at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. That does it, my friends. Until tomorrow, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.